This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you've been with a narcissist or a toxic person, you know once you've gotten away from them, that's when a lot of times the thoughts, the intrusive thoughts, the rumination, the doubts, the worries, the questions all seem to pop into your head. Are you stuck in that phase? Are you stuck in that part of like, was it my fault? Did I cause this? Like what actually happened? Maybe it wasn't that bad. I can't get them off of my mind. And you start thinking over and over again, like, wait a second, what is actually going on? A lot of times people who've been with a toxic person are stuck in a rumination phase, a rumination cycle after being with a toxic person. We're gonna break it down and give you a couple tips today. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. We do it on all the different platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, also on the podcast channels as well. So we've got Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, all under Raw Motivation. So check us out there. If you want to hear a little bit of the wife's perspective, you can listen to myself and my wife, Kayla Taylor, under Trauma, Drama, and Life podcast. Feel free to be able to check that out. The first season's dropped. Second one is coming in 2023. If you haven't had a chance to be able to check out the journal, we've got a journal from fantasy to reality. A lot of times I say, hey, you need to start journaling. We'll want to give you at least some prompts. There's over 100 prompts to help you through that process and not just leave you high and dry. Take a blank sheet of paper and you don't know what to do. Let's give you some questions, start thinking and start asking those questions about what actually happened in that relationship. As you're getting away from a narcissist, you need to have people around you that are helping you, that are helping you grow, heal, change, develop. And that's why we created the NARC app. Stands for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Community. It's a community of like-minded people that help you move forward with courses, with challenges, with different places to be able to count your no contact, to be able to record your truth, and to be able to engage with encouragement and conversations with people all over the globe who are going through the same stuff. You can log on there to ask advice. You can come on on Monday nights to be able to join our lives, like live like group coaching calls. And then our monthly coaching calls, we bring people in from across the country, coaches, survivors, therapists, to be able to help encourage you and give you ideas and thoughts to be able to work on on a weekly and a monthly basis. So feel free to check that out. Go to narcapp.com, N-A-R-C-A-P-P, narcapp.com. Would love to talk to you if you want to interact, work through the trauma bond, the rumination phase, setting up healthy boundaries, how to get clarity through some of the crazy making. Just go to rawmotivations.com. Would love to interact with you there. All right. Jumping in today, we're talking about the rumination stuff after a narcissist. You see, oftentimes when you're with a toxic person, it starts to breed this like addictive nature. It starts to breed that addictive nature, not just like in addictions towards like other things, but towards specifically that person. That person becomes that one person that you need validation from or you need to interact with. And, and you get to a place where you're like, this is crazy. Like, why? I don't even understand why. Well, oftentimes when you're with a toxic person, there's a big part of a push-pull of like giving you something, of pulling away, of saying I love you and then pulling away, of saying, hey, let's get married and then, oh, let's break up. There's a big like back and forth and up and down, idealization and devaluation, back and forth, back and forth. And oftentimes that brings people to the aspect of being stuck in a trauma bond. 
And that trauma bond is really deceiving because they're hoping and they're thinking maybe this person will change. Maybe they'll love me. Maybe I have to keep changing me to get in love with them. Like all this stuff keeps happening. And the cognitive dissonance piece pulls in. You're like, wait a second. Do I believe their actions? Do I believe their words? They'll get mad at me if I do this. They'll get mad at me if I do this. Which one do I do? And sitting in that cognitive dissonance is really, really hard. But it also locks people in to a situation that a lot of times they just go for the words. And they're like, well, I'll just stay because then it doesn't feel bad trying to leave. And then people get locked into a really heavy trauma bond. Well, after you've gotten away from a narcissist, typically you're still stuck with a lot of aspects of a trauma bond. You might have picked up different forms of uh, CPTSD. Maybe different aspects of anxiety or different symptoms that manifest differently in your body. A lot of times people walk away with a lack of confidence. Their self-esteem is cut down. Their self-worth feels almost destroyed. And you walk away with all of those things from being in an abusive, narcissistic relationship. But then you're left a lot of times with these intrusive thoughts. Maybe something that you're just walking down the road and all of a sudden like, boom, you remember a memory. Or you see something and you think of something. Maybe you have nightmares and you can't sleep because you're dreaming about that other person or about something in the relationship. And all of these are different types of trauma responses that are showing us that there's something there. I want you to understand if you're struggling with the intrusive thoughts, if you're struggling with these different trauma responses, these triggers that are happening in your life, what's actually happening is they're showing you that, hey, there is something there. It's showing you healing opportunities. A lot of times people get really frustrated with the triggers and they're like, Ben, I've got like a hundred different triggers. Like it's ridiculous. And I'm like, I know it's okay. If you have a hundred triggers, that means we can identify them and we can work on them. If you came and you're like, I don't have any triggers. I just feel awful. Then it's a little bit harder to know where we're starting. But with triggers, it's like, Hey, we know something is underneath the surface. We can go ahead and work on that to be able to get to the surface and figure out what is going on and how do we live in truth with ourselves, with everybody else, with everything that's going on in that crazy making from a narcissistic relationship. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So how do we fix some of these things? How do we fix the intrusive thoughts, the nightmares, the trauma responses, the rumination? Like how do we actually start down that path to fix it? I wanna give you three different, three different ideas and three different tools to be able to help you move in that direction, okay? The first one is to journal. I know you've, I've said this on multiple videos and I can't say it enough because it's so helpful for people to be able to journal. When, when I'm talking about journal, I'm talking about like the history of the relationship, of actions that happened in the relationship, and also the feelings. The feelings of how you felt going through all of this. The goal of journaling is to get it out. Get it out. Put your words on paper or maybe video yourself or do a voice memo, like whatever it takes to get it out. That way you can at least express it because not everybody's going to want to hear it or be available at all times for you to express it. So get it out, write it down. There's power when you write stuff down or when you speak stuff to a video or a voice memo, like there's power in that because you're getting it out. As you're going through, you want to record the things that happened in the relationship and you'll start realizing, wait a second, this actually wasn't very nice. This wasn't very loving. I minimized this. I forgot about this. And you'll start to realize stuff. They're like, wait a second. As you start to see the truth of their actions and what's actually happening, starts to paint them in a different picture in your mind. And that's going to be difficult. 
And that's going to be hard for you to process and hard for you to approach because it doesn't feel good. But I want you to feel it when you get to that spot. When you're writing stuff down, you realize it and you feel that pain, you feel that frustration, you feel that anger. I want you to feel it. Don't run from it. A lot of times people want to run from the pain. And when they run from the pain, they stop being honest with themselves. They stop being honest with what's going on. And as a result, they don't actually heal properly. They're just running from it and dealing with it in a trauma response, but they're running from the pain instead of working through it. So when you get to that spot, write down what happened, but then write down how you feel about it, how you felt about it, how it makes you feel now. Write all those things down. Journaling helps to be able to get that out. Second thing is while you're journaling, while you're interacting with others, while you're interacting with yourself is radical honesty. Because part of that running from is running away from the truth, the truth of the situation, the truth of what happened, the truth of how you feel. And the fact is truth hurts. The same aspect as if you break a bone and you don't get it reset properly in order for them to fix that leg bone, in order for them to fix your arm bone, like in order for them to fix that, they have to go back in and they have to re-break it and set it in a correct way. A lot of times when people get out of a toxic relationship and they haven't healed or they haven't worked through things, but they shoved it down, they compartmentalized, they've just moved on really quickly, they haven't really healed. And oftentimes their healing process takes a lot longer to do or they have to go through a lot more pain before the healing process actually happens. So what I normally suggest to people is actually the opposite of what people want to do. It's run into the pain. Run towards the thing that's frustrating you, that's scared, and to walk into it and say, hey, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to bring it into the light. And that's what starts the healing process. You see, you have to be honest with yourself about what happened. What happened in the relationship, what happened with the other person. You have to be honest about that. But you have to be honest even more so with yourself of what's actually going on inside, of what you're feeling, what you're thinking. Sometimes you can do that through rewiring your story. Sometimes you can go through different aspects. But if it's something that you feel constantly stuck and after working maybe with someone or working yourself, like get into therapy, get into EMDR, get into something that is there to help you with a trauma response to be able to help process that so you can open up capacity of who you are, of what's going on, so you can start to heal and grow in that area. Number three, identify the lie, okay? What's happening a lot of times when people have the rumination is there's still a thought or a story that is underneath the trigger. You might be walking down the street and smell something and that triggers something and you have a thought. You might have had five things happen throughout your day and that's what triggered a nightmare at night. There's so many times that people are triggered and they have these intrusive thoughts and these things that pop up and they're like, I don't understand how they came about. Well, it's because there's actually a story underneath the surface or something that triggered that, which tells you a story underneath the surface of what's going on. You need to understand that oftentimes people go back to toxicity because of the story that they're telling themselves that they think is the solution when in reality it's fake. And you have to go underneath the surface to figure out what needs to be revealed so that you can actually heal. I want to ask you a question today. What is the biggest lie that you are telling yourself about your relationship? Because oftentimes people are stuck in a toxic relationship and they're telling themselves something completely different than the truth to be able to stay in toxicity. 
And this is why we've created, coming up shortly, the Clarity Challenge, a 45-day Clarity Challenge to help people get free from toxicity and clear up the mind and start to teach and train the systems that we use to reduce the triggers and eradicate those from your life so that you can walk through life in truth. But you have to get to that place where you journal what happened and how you feel. You have radical honesty, saying, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to understand. And you identify the lie that's underneath, the story that you're telling yourself. Once you identify the story, then we're able to work on it. If you can't identify it, it's hard to know where to go. You identify the story and you're like, hey, this is the biggest lie I'm telling myself about the relationship. Now, what does that look like when I compare it to truth?